So we are in the midst of a series called The Fivefold Family, uh, that word, the fivefold ministry, it's kind of like five aspects of, um, of a, a gifting or a group of people that Jesus gives to the church. It's not really about people, it's really five giftings that God gives to the church to help to shape the church to reflect Him to one another and to the world. It comes from the book of Ephesians, chapter 4, in particular, verses 11 to 16 is the main kind of part where you'll read about the fivefold ministry, and that is the apostolic, the prophetic, the evangelistic, the shepherding, and the teaching dimensions, okay? So I've, if I'm just giving a quick review. If, if you want to know more, jump on YouTube, jump on Spotify, jump on Apple Podcasts, and you can listen to uh, the previous week's messages around that. But uh, if I spend all my time doing a review, then we'll miss out on the, the next good thing that we're talking about. So um, so this one is about the uh, a prophetic family. How does God build a community that reflects Him? And part of the community of God reflecting God is, is for us to be a prophetic community. And I'll explain what that is. So in this series, I'm talking mainly about what we would call the office of a prophet or the office of an apostle when it comes to that function to equip uh, everybody else. So it's, it's kind of a, a leadership function. So God wants everyone to be apostolic. He wants everyone to be prophetic. He wants everyone to be evangelistic, everyone to, to be a teacher, everyone to be a shepherd because Jesus is. And that's the ultimate goal is to become like Jesus. Amen. All right, nailing that one. Now, but he says in Ephesians 4, there are some who are the point who are, who are prophetic, but they have a leadership gift and they have a, a leadership ability to equip others in that particular area. Okay, so this is when we talk about the fivefold ministry. It's not saying, oh, there's, there's going to be five people in a church, one of them's apostolic and one of, no, no, it's saying that God's going to give those people to the church. And it might be in one church, you might have all five, it might be across churches. The blessing of today is that we have access to, to teaching and resource from right across the world. It's amazing that we have access to it so we can receive that teaching from anywhere. Um, and so you've got then everyone's all five, yeah, because we're like Jesus. Then God appoints certain leaders in the church and in churches to equip everyone to be like the five, but you'll also recognize that within yourself, you will have um, a, a dominance of one over the other. So you might do, and, and there is actually online kind of tests and things you can do um, that kind of figure out, well, what am I kind of more like? Am I more apostolic? Am I more prophetic? Am I more evangelistic? Am I more of a shepherd, more of a teacher, all of that sort of stuff? I really want to encourage you to do that journey of investigation. Um, and we'll, we'll give you the details of that uh, in the next kind of couple of weeks. We're going to spend probably a week after, at the end, once we get through all five, is just to look at... Well, what about me as an individual in this community? Where do I kind of fit? Um, but to understand that you'll probably, out of all five, there might be, you know, you might be like, I'm super apostolic. I'm a little bit um, you know, a little bit less evangelistic. Then I'm a little bit less prophetic, and then shepherd, then teacher. You'll probably have a, a percentage of all of those kind of operating. So we also want to encourage you to to discover that. But that's not primarily. I'm not teaching you how to be prophetic in this teaching, or I'm not teaching you how to be apostolic. I'm really saying, how does that apostolic culture impact how we do life together, how we operate as the church, and how we reflect God to the world? Amen? All right. So we are talking about uh, to how to be a prophetic kind of family, how to be a prophetic community as the church. Uh, and, and obviously acknowledging whatever 
of those five that you are dominant in, you'll find naturally that there's just an expression of that in your life. And that's why I really, I know for myself when, so God spoke to me about the apostolic uh, in when he just literally spoke to me. I was walking down, and I've shared this before, walking down Oxford Street in Leaderville. I just have a, had a coffee catch up with another pastor. And, and it was just like I heard, not, it wasn't audible, but it was as if it was audible. God say, I've just given you an apostolic anointing. So I'm literally not, I'm not praying. I'm not, I'm just walking along. Whoosh, and then, then and, I'm, and it took my breath away. I just stopped walking and I was like, okay, I don't know what that means. Um, so it began a journey of discovery. But then as I did that journey of discovery, I'm like, oh, that makes so much sense as to why I'm, I'm like that, why I think in that way, why I, I, I can't stand those things and why I really love these particular things. It gave so much uh, understanding to who I was and how I was wired. And it then helped to shape kind of some purpose in my life to go, okay, I'm not a weirdo because of those reasons, for other reasons, you know, but I'm not like, it's like, oh, I just, I think differently. And it's, and that thinking differently doesn't need to be something where I'm in conflict with others. That's actually the gift that I get to bring into the mix of what's going on. So you might be highly prophetic and you might go, man, I just don't understand these shepherds or I just don't understand the, these, t- I don't understand these apostolic people. And, and the danger is what happens is we start to then kind of close in and prioritize ourselves or our perspective or we go, I don't understand you, you don't understand me. And it's almost like we can't work together. But the, the point is of all of those five is for there to be a mix and a blend all working together and us all honoring each other because they are perspectives of Christ that we might not, I might not think like that, but I want to hear God's voice in that. I want God's perspective in that kind of way. Someone who might be highly apostolic, they might not be, they might have very, they might be very low on the shepherd scale, okay? But the danger is if, if we're all just apostolic, 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 and we don't care for people, then people get burnt out and people get kind of used and abused in the church and it's not good. If people are super prophetic and, they don't, and they're not shepherding or they're not teaching, maybe they're super prophetic and they just have no, they don't respect the teaching gift, okay? Then they can end up being super hyper mystical and always off, you know, with the angels and the, and the fairies and the dragons and the unicorns and all of that sort of stuff. And they're talking up here and, and everyone's down here going, I just don't know what you're talking about. Like, can you give me some scripture? Can you give me some? No, you just got to see in the spirit. You just got to go into a trance and then you'll see. And it's like, you know, but acknowledging I don't operate like that. I don't function like that. So how can I enter in? So it's important then that prophets have that, that teaching gift along so we can communicate those things. So what we're wanting is to, if you might go, oh yeah, I feel like I'm a real teacher. Awesome. Your gift is welcome here. It's not going to be the primary one because nothing is primary. Jesus is primary, <laughs> what he wants, but you have something to offer. If you're an evangelist, you might go, oh, but like we're not, we're not, where's all the outreach and where's all the things? I don't know, maybe God's calling you to, to establish that. <laughs> we're, so we invite that influence. We invite that impact. So we're constantly being shaped and molded to stay in line with, what, with who Jesus is, not with what one particular person or one leader or one cultural dimension is. Amen? Awesome. So every one of us will need shaping and healing and equipping in how we're gifted and wired. Um, so how, as I said, how we're kind of identifying how we're gifted will really help us to not just learn how do we function in the church, but how do we function in the world? The prophetic gift is not just for the church, it's for the world. The world needs to hear the voice of God, sometimes more so than what the church does. 
The world needs to learn about Jesus. The world needs to have the gospel proclaimed to them. The world needs to have systems and structures put in place that that shift the culture and bring the reality of the kingdom of God kind of through the apostolic. It's, it's not just a church gift. It's a world gift, okay? But unless the church is being equipped in that, it's also not for the leaders of the church to go out and do all of those things. Every single person. You, you might become a Christian today and guess what? God's got a plan for your life to impact the world through your, through your life. Amen? He's been doing it already. So this is, you know, when we talk about the prophetic, I could probably talk about this later, but I'll shove it in now. Um, uh, Being prophetic doesn't excuse you from being pastoral. Being a teacher doesn't excuse you from being evangelistic. Being a shepherd doesn't excuse you from being apostolic. Okay, so this has been something I think where there can, even where the firefold has come into the church and been kind of released as a teaching, it's a good thing, it's been rediscovered, but the danger is that we can be all about, let's just gather all the apostles together and they'll be all apostolic and gather all the prophets together and they'll be all prophetic over here and all the evangelists will be, and we kind of section people out. Um, but the problem is that we don't get fully formed believers because they're just really, really prophetic or really, really, they just love the Bible. They're great teachers and yet they don't love people and, it's, and there becomes this distortion. It's not the fullest representation of Christ, okay? That's my concern is that we're representing Jesus to the world, amen? Not representing our gift set or our perspective or our, what gives us our jollies, amen? All right, so this is about reshaping and building up the body of Christ. That's what it speaks about in Ephesians 4. And the reality is the message of God is always embodied, Okay, so when Jesus came, uh, the book of John talks about Jesus being the word of God. So Jesus was the logos of God, the message of God. So he carried what God wanted to say to the world, but it was embodied in a person. Okay, he spoke out words, but ultimately Jesus was the message. He embodied the message of God. And in the same way, we are the body of Christ. So we embody the message of God to the world. So to think about, well, what I say is important. Yes, but who you are is equally as important as what you say. Because God expects you to embody His nature. That's why being Christ-like is such a high priority. How often in kind of Christian, in, in the Christian influence in the world, there's this understanding that the words that people speak don't match up with the life that they live. That that accusation of hypocrisy against the church. It's like, well, you say all of these things and yet you're living in a different way. You're living hypocritically to that. And it's because we haven't understood that we're supposed to embody Christ. If we are, you know, we talk about, oh, we're the body of Christ. Do we understand what that means? That means I'm the embodiment of Christ to the world. So if somebody encounters me, they should be encountering Jesus. And it's not because I'm great, it's because I'm yielded to His greatness and He's forming me into become more like Him so that the world meets me. They should be meeting an element of Jesus. Not the fullest picture, but that my words would match up with what I do and who I am. All right. It's a bonus. So what is the role of the prophet or the prophetic in the church today? So if we look through from the beginning of Scripture all the way through, we understand that prophets, particularly in the Old Testament, their primary function of what they did was to call the people of God to be faithful to the covenant that God that they have made with God. 
So, it's what, so the primary function of a prophet is covenantal faithfulness for the people of God. Okay? So when we come into relationship with God, it's not just something of where, it's not a one-sided agreement. God invites us into a covenant relationship with Him, like in a marriage covenant. Okay? So we are married to God in a spiritual way. It's actually why, as the Apostle Paul speaks about, I think it's in the book of Ephesians, where, where marriage is supposed to reflect the relationship of God with His church. That's why we're called the bride of Christ and Jesus is the bridegroom. But there's actually an imagery in marriage which reflects this covenantal nature of God to the world. Okay? It's why divorce isn't something that God just says, oh yeah, not, not a big deal. Because divorce, that fracturing of relationship... <laughs> For, for any other reason other than unfaithfulness, actually it's, it's a reflection of, it's a bigger thing than just an interpersonal relationship. I'm not speaking out shame on anyone who's, who's made those decisions. I'm just saying the reason why there's a weightiness to it, it's like, why is God so particular about certain things? It was because of what they image to the world and to the spiritual realm. It's what they represent. And oftentimes those relationships, our earthly relationships represent a heavenly relationship between God and the church. So the prophets, and you read through you know, different books of the Old Testament, and you'll see it's the prophets who rise up and they say, you need to come back to God. You need to repent from your idolatry. You need to come back into faithfulness to God because you've been walking, worshipping other gods. You've been walking in your own ways. You've been doing your own thing and you've forgotten the commitment that you made to God. God never changes His commitment to His people but we often can get, be, become wayward and unfaithful in our relationship to Him. We can get caught up doing the wrong thing. Sometimes we can get caught up doing the right thing. I mean, good things. Ministry can be something, even the fivefold, we could say, oh, it's just all about the mission of God. It's all about evangelising, saving the lost. It's all about just you know, preaching the Word, prophesying. It's all about the Bible and understanding Scripture. And we can get so caught up in these good things that we actually lose sight of God. And, and we become so interested and we become so faithful to our calling, so faithful to our gifting that we actually step out of faithfulness to God. And the prophet's role and what happens in a prophetic culture, not obviously the prophet equips people to do that, but we're always like, hey, let's just, let's just keep coming back to Jesus. Let's just keep coming back to God. Let's just keep coming back to the center. Let's just not forget what this is all actually about. Okay, It's not about buildings. It's not about seats. It's not about whatever. It's about Jesus. It's about the Father. It's about the Holy Spirit. It's about what they're doing and us being yielded to that. Okay, we could think, hey, it's all about, we've got to, God wants to build the church. Absolutely, He wants more children to come back into His family. But we can lose sight of Him even in that evangelistic thrust. It just happens, okay? So that prof, the prophetic call will constantly be calling back, hey, let's, let's just come back to the center. Let's come back to the real, you know, keep the main thing, the main thing. So again, in the Old Testament, the prophets spoke on behalf of God often was that you had a few prophets and, uh, and they would be the ones almost like the mouthpiece of God. They would be foretelling and foretelling. So they would give meaning to what has happened in the past. They'll give understanding. Hey, why has things gone this way? Here's the reason why. Or they'll speak about this is what is going to happen in the future. Okay, and they'll, they'll speak out, this is what God is going to do to prepare the people for that. Uh, prophets often would correct leaders and people and they would call them back to being faithful to God. 
In the New Testament, so under the new covenant, we now receive the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is called the Spirit of Truth. The Holy Spirit is called the mind of Christ that knows every thought of God. So now all of a sudden we go from certain individuals carrying this particular gift, this ability to hear and speak on behalf of God, when now we, every single person, is given this gift of literally the mind of God living in them. Every thought of God that dwells in the Holy Spirit, as the Holy Spirit dwells in you, you now have access to every thought of God. And the Holy Spirit, Jesus said, I'll send my spirit and he's the spirit of truth and he'll lead you into all truth. So again, we, we are now not as dependent upon a certain individual to be the truth teller that actually everybody carries that responsibility and that ability to to stay in faithfulness to God, to know it's actually the Holy Spirit that's gonna uh, convict me when I'm being unfaithful to God. Now, is community responsible in that? Yes, we all should be supporting and loving and encouraging one another. But ultimately it comes down to now, I have, it's like I have a prophet inside of me (laughs) and his name is God and he speaks to me and I can hear his voice. So prophets still can speak on behalf of God, but the role of the prophet in a community, the role of the prophetic is for everyone to become prophetic. It's helping everybody to hear from God for themselves, not to become individualistic and to become separated. Um, Oftentimes God might give you a word to give to somebody else. And that can even just be part of God helping for us to become interdependent breaking off that independent kind of spirit that we can have. Oh, I just, I just hear from God for myself. It's like, cool, but just letting you know, if you only hear from God for, for yourself, you, there's a possibility, when I say possibility, I mean likelihood, that you're not hearing clearly. You're not hearing fully. And God might say, I'm actually not gonna tell you. I'm gonna tell this person. Oh, but God, I don't like that person. I was like, I know, that's why I'm giving them the word from me to give to you. So you can deal with whatever's going on in your heart, you know? Like we just are, we all have blind spots. We all have woundings. We all have an inability. We don't have perfect hearing from God. You can be the most prophetic person in the world. You do not have perfect hearing. You need the body of Christ to be supporting and encouraging you. And again, what you hear is one thing. What you speak can oftentimes, it's got to filter through you. And it might pick up a few things along the way. So again, you can have people, I've had people who I've felt like, man, they've spoken out. I know that's the Word of God, but the way that they're saying it is really off. <laughs> and it's really funky. And it's, really, it's a real shame that that's happening. But, but anyway, we'll get to some of those things. Uh, 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 12 to 14, this is all kind of where Paul covers the role and the outworking of the prophetic gift set and other spiritual kind of uh, gifts in the New Testament church. But where he speaks about, he says that his desire is that everyone would prophesy. The Apostle Paul is speaking to the church and he says, my desire is that all would prophesy. So it's not now the role of the prophet to prophesy, it's all would prophesy. Put your hand up if you're part of the all. Amen. So God has now given you the ability by His Spirit to prophesy, to hear from Him and to speak out what He's saying. Everybody gets to play. Everyone gets to hear directly from God. That's good news, yeah? Everyone gets to carry the voice of God. Everyone gets to speak out the voice of God. Now, again, we're not just talking about in our 
own, in the church context, in our own personal life, I'm talking about everywhere that you go, in your neighbourhood, in your workplace, schools, universities, wherever we are, God has things that He wants to say. Now again, you don't have to preface it as, thus saith the Lord to your boss or something, but you can have, you could get a word of knowledge, you can have some insight about something, you could have a strategic kind of wisdom strategy for, for the business that you work at. And you say, I just feel God, God gave me this dream about, I'm just going to share it. I don't have to add all the extra stuff. I don't need to be concerned about God getting credit for this because God, God will get His glory. <laughs> but if He's given it to me and He might speak it out, now they might ask a question, where, where did that come from? So I, I had a dream, I felt like God spoke to me. You can go on that, but you don't, it doesn't need to be kind of flavoured with Christianese and stuff. It's still the voice of God being spoken. Amen. So the prophetic gift repeats the voice of God. It communicates the heart of God and it seeks to reflect the nature of God in order to draw people into intimacy with God. So it's not just about speaking, it's also about understanding what's the heart of God in this. If, if God gives you a word of rebuke, Every time, so God might give you, man, I feel like it's a harsh word that He wants to bring to this person. But a rebuke from God is always redemptive. Everything that God does is redemptive. He's always redeeming. He's always restoring. That's the pathway that He's on. So you might say, man, I feel like it's a really hard word from God. But he's, it means His heart is to redeem. His heart is to restore. His heart is never to destroy. His heart is never to crush. So it might mean like, it sounds heavy. So how do I present it to somebody? I'm gonna present it in, in a redemptive form. I'm gonna, there's in or to say God's wanting to do this. He's confronting you, but the purpose of His confrontation is to bring you into restoration, okay? But if we don't understand the heart of God, if we're not being formed into His likeness more and more, then we can have the Word of God and not reflect the heart of God, which isn't really truly the Word of God. It's a word from God, but it's not His nature. When the Bible speaks about, you know, pray things in Jesus' name, when it says to be baptised in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, that word in the name of doesn't, it's not a catchphrase that you say at the end of a prayer, okay? It means in the, in the nature of, a name represents the one that it's coming from. So even it's, it's kind of a, like a heritage thing. So when you carry the name of somebody, so this is why people would, like the father's name would be integrated into the child's name because that child would be representing the father. Jesus is the son of God, wasn't subordinate to God. He was a representative of the father in everything that he did. So when we are um, engaging with God, when we are speaking things out, when we're speaking out the voice of God, we're doing it in the name of Jesus. It means we are representing His nature. So if I'm to prophesy, I wanna prophesy as if Jesus is prophesying through me. So it's gonna have the same impact because I'm representing His nature. Amen? All right, so a prophetic family is a family, a community that is faithful to their covenant to God. So this church, we want this church to be a church filled with people who are faithful to their covenant relationship with God, individually and corporately. So it means your personal relationship with Jesus, you're dealing with anything that's gonna get in the way of your faithfulness. It means you're gonna deal swiftly with idolatry. Idolatry is adultery to God. So if you understand idolatry, it's like, I'm not worshipping idols. If you are loving anything more than you're loving God, that's idolatry, which is like adultery. 
if I'm, if I'm, that's my wife, Lisa, over there. Hi, everyone. If I'm loving any woman more than I love my wife, I'm committing adultery, you would say, okay? It's the same in the representation of our relationship with the Father. I'm just gonna pause awkwardly so everyone can watch. He's listening to another sermon just while I'm... Can't get enough. It's got a multifaceted input. So it means we anything that gets in the way, we're gonna deal with swiftly. Anything that gets in the way as, as a corporate community, we're just gonna deal with those things. We're not gonna get, we're not get distracted by those things. But the reality is we get distracted. So don't assume like, oh my gosh, I've been distracted. Oh my gosh, my heart has been drawn away from God. Oh my gosh, I'm starting to fall in love with things other than Him primarily. It's, it's okay. That's what repentance is for. That's what forgiveness is for. God has made a way that you can come boldly before the throne to receive grace and mercy in your time of need. It speaks about in the book of Hebrews. Okay, You receive grace and mercy in your time of need, not so you can enter the throne room. You enter in boldly because God has made a way for you to enter in, but you're like, I need grace. I need the empowerment of God for me to make a better choice in this scenario. I need His mercy because I have messed up this week, but I can come boldly before the Lord and He can pour out His mercy upon me. So God has covered the bases when it comes to you not being perfect. Okay, so don't worry, you're not perfect. All right, get out the bubble of perfection, take out the pin, and pop that sucker, okay? So to pop the bubble of perfection, you're not perfect and it's okay. Jesus is perfect and He's covered all of your imperfection with His perfection, you're okay. But a, a, a prophetic family is faithful to God. Like that's what we wanna do. If, if He moves, we wanna move with Him. If He says, don't do that, it's like we don't have any choice but to not do that. A prophetic family hears and obeys the voice of God. So it means we're listening for the voice of God. We're not listening for new trends. We're not listening for great ideas. We're not listening for worldly strategies. We're listening for the voice of God. What's God saying? And that's what we're gonna do. Oh, but what if that's gonna cost us? That's the cost of hearing and obeying. That's the cost of faithfulness. There is a cost to being faithful. It means you don't always get what you want, but ultimately you get the reward of faithfulness. A prophetic family desires and releases the Word of God. So we wanna hear what God's saying, but we also wanna be speaking it out. So the voice of God should be heard on a regular basis. As we pray for one another, as we preach, as we worship, everything that we do, as we live in our everyday lives, we wanna be seeking, but also declaring the Word of God. Amen? All right. So there is a difference between uh, the foundation of a prophet and the function of a prophet. Uh, so as I said before, this is not a, so much about the functioning, how do prophets function in a community? How, if you're prophetic, how do I live in, in, in everyday life? This is talking about what sort of culture that prophetic gifting creates in the church. So some of the functions of the prophetic are things like the revelatory gifts. So prophecy, words of knowledge, intercession, all of that sort of stuff is some of the functions of the prophetic. Okay, And we want to have that happening all the time. We want people to be prophesying over one another. And again, I'll say a little note about that. If you feel like God might be saying something to you to say to somebody else, say it. Please just say it. 
and be okay with being wrong, okay? Obviously, ask permission to say, I just feel like God has a word to say. Now, obviously, scripted encouragement, love. If you don't know the person, it's probably not right for you to rebuke them uh, or anything like that. Um, but, but please share it. And if you're on the receiving end of a prophetic word, please know you don't have to receive it, okay? You can, you can just flush that straight away. Because <laughs> somebody might, they might miss it. They might have the Spirit of God and they might be carrying a couple of extra spirits with them that are also talking at the same time, okay? But you might be able to go, hey, you know what? Even in that word, there were some bits that was like, I feel like that's you. I feel like you know that about me, but I feel like that part is actually God. So the responsibility in the, the, responsibility in the Old Testament feels like it weighed more upon the prophet to be accurate, okay? In the New Testament, it weighs more on the receiver to discern. Okay? So it's your responsibility to discern the Word of God and it's your responsibility to speak out what you feel like God is saying. Okay, So be prepared to get it wrong. Again, if you're waiting to know 100% that the Word that God is saying to you to speak to someone else is absolutely accurate and perfect, it ain't going to happen. So then you're never going to prophesy. Okay, So understand and don't, you don't need to say, thus saith the Lord, this is what God is saying, to say, hey, I feel like God's saying. Okay, I feel like God has something to, to, to share with you. And you, and you pray it out and you leave it there. Amen? All right. Bonus for you. So the foundation of a prophet essentially is then what, what sort of culture they build into a church community. So it is, as I said, a culture of covenant faithfulness. We're faithful to God. God is number one. God is primary in everything that we do. It's why we start with worship and we give primacy to that. And we worship maybe for 45 minutes, but really He deserves much more than that but we've, we realise like you, you've got to kind of stop it at some stage. Um, now, again, worship in the form of singing is only one aspect of worship. Worship is all of our lives. Romans 12, 1 to 2, live your, you know, put your life on the altar. That's just spiritual act of worship. Anyway, you can look it up. Uh, so covenant, we're just being faithful to God. God first in everything that we do. Intimacy with God. So having a deeper connection with God. So we'd have a community that is pursuing deeper connection, not satisfied with that's enough relationship with Jesus. Ah, oh, that's enough. That's enough influence of Him on my life. No, it's deeper, going deeper, not just knowing about God, but actually knowing Him. That's again, that's what the prophetic dimension can open up for someone. It's not just that oh, I read something and I guess that's what it is, but it's actually when it, it gets into me and changes me and transforms me. So fivefold, a prophetic community is obedient to God's commands, focuses on revealing the heart of God. As I said first, God is our highest priority. So what we want here is that God would be our highest priority. Amen? And oftentimes it's, it's actually about honouring God over honouring people. Doesn't mean dishonouring people. <laughs> Both of those things can happen, but we say we're actually going to obey Him before we obey people, okay? I need you to understand this will cost and has cost over the last 12 and a half years, it has cost this community a lot to honour God over honouring people. It just does because people are like, oh, you should do this and you should do that. And it's like, yeah, well, this is a great idea, but God's told us to do this. <laughs> you should go in this direction. That sounds wonderful, but God's told us to go in this direction. I mean, it'd be so much easier if you just did this. We know, we know how easy it would be if we didn't do that. We, we, I know how, 
how many more people would stay here if we met for an hour or an hour and a half and not two hours? So people say, ah, oh, it's too long for me. If we worshipped for 20 minutes and you could do five songs in 20 minutes, <laughs> you know, more people would stay. Like it's just the reality. But we just feel like to give primacy to God, it's just that's what we want to do. And, and I could preach for a short amount of time. Absolutely. And I try. But I just have so much good stuff to say. It's like I can't, I feel like I'd be robbing you. But do you understand, like, this time is to set you up for the 166 hours that you're spending outside of this time. And hopefully you're receiving something that you can carry in. It might be an encounter in the worship time. It might be a revelation that drops. It might just be an experience, an expression. It might be that I shared a word with someone and they were like, it hit them right in that spot. It just encouraged me that I could go out into the week knowing I heard from God and I can hear from Him again. It might be some revelation. I'm not expecting you to, to memorize every single little point, but there might be one thing that says, I'm gonna do something differently this week. I'm gonna pursue God in a different way this week. I'm gonna speak out that word that I know that God has put on my heart for that person this week and I'm gonna do something different. So the primary role of a prophet in a church family is not to prophesy, although they will, they won't be able to help themselves, or even to raise up prophets. It's to lay a prophetic foundation of covenant faithfulness and intimacy with God that all other ministry is built upon. So whatever we build, and this, the Bible talks about that, the church is built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets. So that apostolic and prophetic foundation that we are a people sent from God, for God, to bring about the kingdom of God and make disciples who look like God and that prophetic and that we will remain faithful to God as we do that thing. We'll pursue a deeper, intimate, relational connection with Him in everything that we do, okay? So then as we evangelise, we're gonna evangelise built on that foundation. As we teach, as we minister, as we love, as we make disciples, everything's built upon that foundation. A foundation determines the structure that can be built upon it. You can't build a skyscraper on the foundation of a house. The whole thing will topple. You can't build a healthy, God-honouring church that's not built upon the foundation of the apostolic and the prophetic. That had a lot more weight to it than what I expected. I didn't plan to say that, but it is true. <laughs> and that's what we're wanting to see. It's God's design. It's kingdom design. We're saying we're following your blueprints, Lord. All right, so prophets do do train up and raise up prophetic people. They do, and that's what we want. And I, I kind of feel, I haven't really strategized this perfectly, but I, I feel like we'll probably gather apostolic people and we'll gather prophetic people and we'll gather evangelistic people to equip you, particularly in where you feel that primary gifting, okay, to help you to impact the world through that particular primary gifting. But again, that's that secondary part to the whole community being prophetic. Amen? All right. So again, even a prophetic gift that isn't built upon a prophetic foundation will become distorted. This is where you can hear and speak, not be faithful to the heart of God. Um, and again, you need, often I will say, if people come forward, like, I feel like I've got a prophetic gifting. I'm like, awesome. If they're, even if they're an older Christian, I'm like, you need to hang around some shepherds. Really? No, I should hang around prophets. No, prophecy, because it's a gift from God, you'll prophesy easily. And you can, you can hone the accuracy of your prophetic word. What you need is a pure heart. 
Blessed are the pure in heart for they shall see God. If you've got a dirty well, the water will be dirty. No matter how pure the stream that's flowing in, whatever, is, whatever junk is in your heart will impact the purity of the Word of God. So your responsibility is not to be, become more prophetic. That's God's job. <laughs> he will increase the anointing upon your life, but more than likely He'll do it the more faithful you are with the little that you have. Uh-huh. and more trustworthy you are because you're actually dealing with the very things that will, could potentially destroy other people or even destroy you. The anointing of God, the glory of God, the gift of God can be your destruction if you don't steward yourself well. So true prophetic ministry reveals and manifests the heart of God and the nature of God, not just the words of God. You cannot prophesy an accurate word from God if the heart and nature of God is not present. If love is not present, then God is not present. So if you're going to prophesy over someone, you've got to love that person. And if you don't love them, then that word's going to become distorted. So it doesn't mean that the person will receive the word as loving, but it's the one who's prophesying, that you're doing it from a place of love. Again, people can can disregard what you have to say. They can take it the wrong way. But you know, I'm, I'm being faithful to the Lord to present what He is saying in a way that is filled with love and redemption. This is 1 Corinthians 13, 1 to 3. If I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I am a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith so as to remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. If I give away all I have and deliver up my body to be burned, but have not love, I gain nothing. You could be the most amazing prophet in the world and if you have not love, you have nothing. It's like I've had people and they're like, I'm speaking the Word of God. It's like, I know, but you're, just, you're being a jerk. Like, don't, just don't be a jerk about it. Like, I want to I hear the Word of God, but if it's coming through a vessel that's just harsh and critical and just, and just drawing down. It's like, this, I, this, I, can't rec- I want to receive the Word from God, not the Word from you. I'm not interested in so much in what someone has to say. I'm interested in what God has to say. Yeah. This is again where it talks about the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. So again, prophets can wield the sword of the Spirit or as you prophesy, not even prophets, as you prophesy and you're speaking out the Word of God, it's the sword of the Spirit, which pierces, Okay. It gets to the point of where it's supposed to go, okay? If you are an immature believer and an immature prophesier, you can take that sword and you can start wielding the sword of the Word of God. What ends up happening is you end up slicing and dicing people and you cut them all up, but it's all kitten on the outside and it's wounding them. It's not actually piercing and getting to the point. That's what, if you are a, you know, a master swordman, you know, where do I hit the vital organ? <laughs> That's what, I, I don't wanna spend all this time clanging swords together. That's movie theatrics. It's like, if I was gonna stab somebody, I wanna stab them in the, the right place first time. <laughs> I'm not saying I wanna stab anyone. I'm not going back to that. You know, it's like, but you know what I mean? It's like, well, I'm not gonna go, oh, I'll just, you know, do, do a bit of this. It's like, no, I want, so when we prophesy, we want the Word of God to hit that point to hit that right point. But we've got to do it with love. We've got to do it with that motivation. It's like, my motivation is your redemption, not your destruction. All right. So heart transformation is required to walk in the true intent of the prophetic calling. 
I said, if the well is messy, the word will be messy. So we all have a responsibility. And now we're going to say, oh, well, I'm not, I'm not a prophet. You're prophetic. You're called to prophesy. So clean up your well, please. I could have just said that. I could have saved all that talking and just, no. So prophets create an environment where God feels most welcome, where He is honoured and glorified, where His presence dwells abundantly. This environment is established and sustained when the whole family walks in their prophetic identity. So defilement then matters to everyone. The impact of sin matters to everyone. Again, your personal sin is a corporate sin because you're part of the body of Christ. So whatever you might be thinking you're doing in secret is having a public impact. And again, it's not to shame you. It's just to understand, wow, I'm way more powerful than what I thought I was. My life is way more impacting than what I thought it was. Wow, I need to take a lot more responsibility than what I was. Amen? The reality is that those who are unfaithful to God don't like the voice of the prophet and they don't enjoy a prophetic culture. The prophetic voice challenges the status quo and it confronts unfaithfulness. Sin doesn't like healthy prophetic ministry because it shines light on dark places and exposes unfaithfulness. This is why, again, if, if someone is stuck in sin, they want to live a sinful lifestyle, I would hope that they wouldn't feel comfortable here. Now, if you're stuck in sin, if you're in bondage, if you've got brokenness and stuff, if you've got sin in your life, I'm not talking about having sin in your life. I'm talking about, actually, I don't want to deal with my junk. And I just, I'm just going to embrace my junk and just be, be going on that journey. It's two very different things. One is a repentant heart saying, I acknowledge I got junk. I'm letting you know I have junk. And I'm on a journey with Jesus and His grace is sufficient and I'm, and I'm weak and yet He is strong because I, I acknowledge my weakness before Him. And if I choose to walk in humility, then His grace comes and empowers me. Yeah, understand. We're all in that place. I could raise you, get you to raise your hand if you've got sin in your life. You know, no. But there's a big difference between having sin in my life and actually having sin controlling my life and I'm embracing it and loving it and stroking that and just staying in unfaithfulness to God, okay? So I'm just saying that it should be like, the more I'm around God, I should be less and less comfortable about the unfaithfulness in my heart, okay? Because He's desiring His faithfulness. It's like, I want you and I want all of you and I want you to have all of me, but all of those things in your heart, in your life, you, we can never have a good relationship we can never have a full marriage connection. We can never have deep intimacy if those things are there because they get in the way. They are opposing to what I desire to have in relationship with you. So there can be things blocking your relationship with God and more than likely they're on your end. Prophets draw people into the flow of what God is doing now. Prophets are often focused more on seasons than doctrines. Like what is God saying now? Where is He moving us now? You might hear us talk about transition seasons and all of these sorts of things. Like that's people have dreams. People will feel like God is, is shifting us. He's moving us. He's um, uh, promoting us, whatever it is. All of that sort of stuff. I want you to know there's a whole lot that I hear from prophetic people that I don't see and I don't hear myself, okay? I trust people. I trust what they have to say. But it doesn't, you don't have to see like a prophet sees in order to be prophetic. You don't have to hear like a prophet hears in order to be prophetic. 
I find the way that I hear from God is very, very natural to me. And I've had to have prophetic people pointed out to me, like you're hearing from God. I was like, okay, I thought I was just having a thought. (laughs) But I was having a thought and it was a God thought. And this is sometimes the hard thing about becoming familiar with the voice of God. What's really good to become familiar with His voice, to learn it, to know it, but then you start to miss, not even miss what He's saying, but miss that it's Him saying it. So it doesn't carry the same delight. So I'm like, I always wanna be, and oftentimes like I'll, I'll, I'll say something or I'll feel like, hey, God wants us to go in this direction and there's confirmation. I might just be, I might even speak a sermon and people are like, man, God was just talking to me about it this week and God's been on my heart. I'm like, oh, that's so encouraging. Because not that, not, this is, you know, the, the child likeness part of me. It's like, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not so much delighted even that you heard from God is that I heard from God. Oh, it makes me feel good. I'm glad you heard from God. And he used me as a mouthpiece, but I'm like, oh, thank you, Jesus, you spoke to me. And I heard and I obeyed and that blessed people. So we go where God leads us. We're not interested in asking God to bless our plans. We wanna walk in the blessing of his plans. Go where he's going. Yeah, which means sometimes not going where we wanna go or where we think we should go or in the timing that we think God should move. Woo, timing. Who loves the timing of God? Yeah. Ultimately, yeah. Ultimately, it's wonderful. Hindsight, you look back, you go, and you think, I'm so glad we waited. But man, it's, it's, it's tough sometimes in the waiting. All right. So we're all encouraged to prophesy. So it means we can all prophesy. This is 1 Corinthians 14.5. The Apostle Paul says, Now I want all to speak in tongues, but even more to prophesy. The one who prophesies is greater than the one who speaks in tongues unless someone interprets so that the church may be built up. So again, this is not something that we should be doing behind closed doors. This is out in public and in front of non-Christians. The context of what the Apostle Paul is talking about is saying, if somebody stands up and they're speaking out in a tongue, a tongue that people don't understand with their natural ears, a spiritual tongue, if there's not someone in the room that can interpret that, which is a separate spiritual gift, then don't do that. Just prophesy. So speak out what God is saying in earthly, natural language so that if an unbeliever is present, they can understand what God's saying. Paul's not saying, don't speak out in tongues. He's just saying, if there's not someone to interpret, then people won't understand it. So be, that makes sense. It's pretty wise, pretty simple, straightforward. Again, different to praying in tongues, not having a personal prayer language. There's two different words in the Greek um, because I I just get frustrated that people shut down and they don't want to, shouldn't, there should be tongues in the church and all this sort of nonsense. It's like, it's, a, it's the Holy Spirit speaking, okay? And <clears throat> what, I, what I struggle with, and it upsets me, is when leaders of churches think that they have to protect people from the Spirit of God. How arrogant can you be that you feel like you need to protect people from God? To me, that's the height of arrogance. I understand that that there's reasons why people think it's a good idea. But even the Apostle Paul saying, he's saying, he's not saying don't shut anything down. He's just saying, make it open so that someone who doesn't know God can understand. His heart is for that that person who doesn't. So it's like prophesy all the time. (laughs) Speak out the voice of God. And you know what's amazing is when somebody doesn't know God, has their mail read, 
you know, has someone speak words, say, I had to see this all over your life. And hey, I, I, just, I had a dream and I saw your face in this, like how much this, like God becomes real in an instant. Not like, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll take away some thoughts about Jesus and the, and the cross and the Bible and creation and all these things and try and put that together and come to some sort of mental agreement. It's like, no, the prophetic awakens someone to the voice of God right in that moment. John 10, 27 says, My sheep hear my voice. I know them and they follow me. If you're a sheep, you hear the voice of God. You might say, but I don't hear the voice of God. That's okay. You just need to learn how to listen. And we will, we will equip you. Sometimes it's just, you just got to spend time with God. If you pray, when you pray, if you don't stop talking, it's a good chance you won't hear. If you found that in relationship, if you're just talking, 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 it's really hard to hear the other person because they tend to listen while you're speaking. God hears your prayers, which means he's listening as you're talking. But if you go into a time of prayer with God and you talk, 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 go through your list and then you say, amen, and you go on about your day, God's like, do I get a turn or, you know? <laughs> so don't feel bad if your entire prayer time is just listening. That's prayer. That's communication. It's letting God speak. So don't feel bad. I know I had to go through that journey. It's like, oh, I'm not, I don't have things that I'm, and I keep getting distracted. And I tell people, if you're in prayer and you feel like your thoughts are getting distracted, don't try and bring your thoughts back to God. Invite God into your thoughts. I'm trying to pray, but I keep thinking about this work issue. Rather than go, I've got to stop thinking about worship and just think about God. Rather than say, God, can you help me with this work issue? Because He cares about that. You understand? Yeah? All right. So I'm adding all of these things. No wonder I preach so long. All these freebies. So I'll just touch on this. This is again further on from the 1 Corinthians 14 about prophetic evangelism. It says, If all prophesy and an unbeliever or outsider enters, he is convicted by all. He is called to account by all. The secrets of his heart are disclosed. And so falling on his face, he will worship God and declare that God is really among you. So we see this, we've got to understand this is a, there's an evangelistic dimension to the prophetic ministry. And again, it's not just as someone enters into a gathering, it's wherever you find yourself. Expect that God might speak and God might have something to say to somebody. To the person at the checkout when you're paying for your groceries, just ask Him, Holy Spirit, do you have anything to say to this person that you want me to speak out? Give it a try. Ask the question. All right, so what is our part to play in building a prophetic house? We need to listen for the heart of the prophetic and the heart of the prophets. Even if you don't fully understand it, you can still support it. Yeah, Our leadership team meetings, when we, 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 do, we catch up on a Tuesday morning and we talk, and there's all different giftings in that, in that room, around that table. Someone will speak. And they'll go, this is what I saw in worship. This is what I experienced. This is what I felt like God was saying. Someone else will go, I didn't see any of that. Uh, I saw that, that there was, we, we run out of toilet paper uh, or there was a queue in the toilet. You know, it's like, this, it, it, understand, like we all bring different parts, strategic, administrative and things. So it's like, well, I don't need to see that. Hey, but tell me more about what you saw. Hey, what can we do about that? What's the strategy? What can we, you know, what do you feel like God was saying? Did anyone else in the room pick that up? And so we can still delve into that even though, so it's just important that we understand, hey, you know what, that, that person's operating in their prophetic, prophetic gifting and I honour that which is upon their life. I'm not the same, but I honour you for who God has called you to be. We need to give value to, to intimacy with God, pursuing that. 
Um, if you carry a prophetic call in your life, seek the heart of God and the character of Christ, not just the voice of God. Amen? We need to become passionate worshippers. Again, the, the, when we come together to worship, it's not just to sing a few songs. It's to meet with God. And the atmosphere that happens in that space when we are declaring truth and we are singing love to Him is that God speaks. And this is the difference between maybe what, like singing songs and having a prophetic encounter, a worship encounter with God, is that we're expecting, not just that we're going to declare who God is, but we're expecting that God's going to speak back to us. And He might even direct and lead our time. So there's been times here where we've gone, we feel like God wants us to prophesy over the region. And you might be like, what's, and we're praying out and standing in different directions and all this sort of stuff. And you go, I thought it was just going to be like 20 minutes to stand and clap and sit down and do that sort of stuff. It's like, what a waste of time. Yeah. <laughs> As for me, like I'd rather spend two hours in purposeful, passionate worship than 20 minutes of just singing a couple of songs. Like it's just, we're not doing karaoke. <laughs> Finally, our responsibility Galatians 5.24 is that we would all crucify our flesh and all its desires. Again, we might come and we've got all our personal preference. We've got all our other ideas. We've got all our own church history, family history, all of those sorts of things. And coming into, and I'm talking about in this community, it's not like what we're doing is perfect in any way or completely or the best or whatever. It's like we're just doing our best to be faithful with the resources that we have. And just trusting God that is that He's because He is faithful to us and we'll just keep being faithful to Him. And He keeps supplying and He keeps leading and He keeps guiding. But our job is to actually to I'm gonna less of me and more of you, Lord. Less of my desires, more of you, Lord. Less of my flesh and my preferences, more of you, Lord. Amen. All right, let's pray. You're welcome to stand with me if you are able. So we're just going to spend some time in prayer and my expectation is that Holy Spirit is going to speak to you. So He's purposed for me to speak this message, which means He's prepared the way for you to receive what He has for you today. He desires to give good gifts to His children. He desires to pour out His Holy Spirit upon you. You might be here today and you're like, I don't know if I've ever made a commitment to Jesus or received a Spirit and we're going to pray for that too. Because you're here for a reason. You're here on purpose. You're not here by accident. Amen. All right, let's pray. So just, if it helps you just to close your eyes, just to focus in and tune in on God. And we just invite you, Holy Spirit, that you would speak now. We're here just making space for you, Lord. I pray, Holy Spirit, you would open our ears to hear. Open our eyes to see, spiritually see, Lord. I 
I pray even Holy Spirit, you would come and you would baptize those who are yet to be baptized, yet to be fully immersed in your spirit, just to awaken the fullness, Lord, to pour fuel on the fire of their hearts, God, to awaken them. We thank you that you do give good gifts to your children. And you know what, if you're here this morning and I hope that you've heard enough about Jesus that you'd want to give Him a go, that you'd want to say yes to Him because you are here for a reason. You are here on purpose. God has drawn you here. Forget who invited you. Forget how you came about here. You need to know that God is drawing you to Himself. He is inviting you back into His family. So if you're here this morning and you're like, you know what, I'm I'm feeling on the inside that I need to say yes to Jesus, just say yes to Him now. And I pray, Holy Spirit, You would come and fill every empty heart, Lord. You would come and awaken every heart, Lord, that is up until this point being closed off to You, that You would birth in them a new heart, Lord. That You would release salvation upon them, Lord, and they would know it, God. They would feel it. They would experience You coming and making Your home in them, Holy Spirit. And I pray that You would come and fill them with Your Spirit, Lord. Come and immerse everyone in Your Spirit, Lord. We want more of You, God. Even as we've spoken about that prophetic culture that just decides there's more of You, God. There's a deeper relationship with You, Lord. There's a greater experience and encounter with You. And we want everything that You have for us, Lord. We want everything that You have for us, Lord. So we receive the more from You, God. And Father, we just wanna repent for any way that we've judged prophets, Lord, any way that we've judged the prophetic gifting, the prophetic calling on people's lives, we just repent, Lord. Even maybe, Father, where there has been people that have prophesied in a way that they didn't reflect Your heart, Lord. We choose to forgive them now. We release forgiveness to them, Lord, and we repent for any judgment that we've had against them, Lord. Because, Lord, we don't wanna shut down Your voice. We don't want to shut down our ability to hear from You, God. But we thank You that You forgive us for those judgments. You release us from the binding nature of them. Thank You, Jesus. And we do pray, Holy Spirit, You would come and just open ears to hear. We just pray that prophetic anointing would come and rest, Lord. You would soak everyone and You would help them to understand it's not It's not even that hearing comes upon us. Hearing is in you because the Spirit of God is in you. Your ability to hear. God is not holding anything back from you. He's not speaking to everyone else and ignoring you. God is not ignoring you. But He might be inviting you to seek Him. He might be inviting you to explore. He might be inviting you to step out and actually learn and discover Him and trust Him deeper as you actually step out and speak. As you actually, I I think this might be you, God. I'm gonna choose to obey. I'm gonna choose to obey. I'm gonna choose to speak it out. I'm gonna test it out, Lord, and see it was you, Jesus. It was you speaking, Lord. 
So we thank you, Father, that our inheritance as children is that we get to hear your voice. And I wonder maybe even as I've been sharing, you've felt, maybe you've always known that God has, has called you to, uh, to be in, in prophetic ministry. Maybe He's called you and, and, and gifted you in that primarily as, as, a, as a prophetic person. And again, it doesn't mean you'll necessarily be a prophet in that leadership office equipping role, but God has called you to be prophetic, to, to speak out what He is saying and to help others and to, it's just you know it's that primary calling or, or maybe you feel like it's been dormant for you. Maybe it's been shut down for you. Maybe even in, in your history in, in the church that there hasn't been an, an openness for, for prophetic ministry to flow. It hasn't been received. And if that's you, we would love to pray for you and we would love to bless you and anoint you and, uh, and just affirm the calling of God upon your life. But I wonder if you would come forward or if you just wanna go, I, just, I actually feel like I need someone to lay hands on me to open up my ears, to open up my spiritual eyes. I've, I've, I desire to hear from God, but would you lay hands on me and, and pray for me? Would love to do that too. So why don't you come forward and we'll pray for you and bless you and anoint you. I just feel like there's really an anointing for breaking of the fallow ground. So if you have had a history of prof the prophetic, the prophesying, and it's, it has gone dormant, like Brad said, um, the Lord wants to just break that open again. Uh, fallow ground is ground that has been laid to rest, that it hasn't been ploughed for a while, that it hasn't been seeded for a while, it hasn't yielded the harvest for a while. So if that's you, come forward, because the Lord just wants to break that open today. And I just also, while you're just waiting even, just allow the Lord to search your heart because one of the key things that will hinder that would be unforgiveness. It's probably the primary thing that will hinder the flow of the anointing of the prophetic. Yeah. So Father, even just now, Holy Spirit, I just ask that you would come and crack open those grounds the soils of hardened hearts where there's been unforgiveness, Father. Just each person, Father, just bring it to remembrance. Where the heart has grown cold and hard. Bring your presence, Lord. The hills melt like wax at the presence of the Lord. pray for you, lay hands on you, bless you. Just something also if I was 
been part of the service and I just feel the anointing now is expansion or growth. There's going to be a lot of growth and, and, and part of the fallow ground being broken up is there's, there's planting of a seed, but there's going to be expansion and fruit coming out. So I just feel there's like a, yeah, just, just an explosion of growth of things in your lives. Uh, whether it's a prophetic or other areas, it could be just something in the area of your, of your giving or it could be in something else. It's just going to be so much or receiving. God's got a gift for you. So there's just a, a sense of just breaking out, breaking out, breaking out. 